I, I don't think I dared watching it with an audience. Uh, I never watch my own movies. I mean, I, I never really do. I mean, it's going to be so fucking scary. <laughs> I'll bring that up now. You'll, you'll watch They're going to cheer and yell, and as soon as you show up on screen on us, they're going to go, yeah, like it's going to be invigorating. You're going to love it. Okay, I'll take your word for it. and welcome to the final episode of Subspecies Week on Spill Your Guts. I'm your host, Kevin Lane. Before we get into it, I want to thank Ted Nicklaw for all his support in putting Subspecies Week together. First and foremost, I have been a fan of Subspecies and Ted since I was a full moon kid in the early 90s. This was a total passion project. When I first approached Ted about doing this, he was immediately behind it and always made himself available to answer any questions I had about the making of the films and the lore of Subspecies. These films are, of course, very personal and important to Ted, so his faith in us means a great deal. Thank you, Ted. I also want to thank Kevin Spiritus, as Kevin was the one to introduce me to Denise and Honest when I told him about my idea for doing an in-depth exploration into the world of subspecies. And finally, a shout-out to the impossibly talented Matthew Tyrion for creating the astonishing poster for this event. I'm sure you'll all agree that he slayed it. Now, after 25 years, Subspecies is back with Subspecies 5... Blood Rise, a prequel to the events of the original series. The film brings us back in time to show us how Radu Vladislas became the monster we know and love. I won't ruin any of the film's many surprises, but I will say that it's an incredible accomplishment for Ted Nicolau and Full Moon. Honest Hove, Denise Duff, and Kevin Spiritus are all back, and seeing them step into the world of subspecies again after all these years is as exciting as any fan could have hoped. The film is also a perfect starting point for folks who are new to the series because, well, it's a prequel. Set some time aside though because after you see it, you will feel that you must see the rest of the films immediately. And boy, are you lucky. Subspecies 5 Blood Rise played earlier this month at Alamo Drafthouse Theatres and will be having its streaming premiere on Full Moon Streaming and Screenbox on June 2nd. Without further delay, joining me to look at the return of this beloved series are writer-director Ted Nicolau, and stars Denise Duff, Kevin Spiritus, and Honest Hove. Let's bear our fangs and take a bite. Hello, everybody. Here we are. I'm here with the gang of Subspecies 5, Blood Rise, the new subspecies film and the beloved franchise. Joining me today is the director, Mr. Ted Nicolau. Ted, say hello. Hey, Kevin. Ted Nicolau wrote and directed the film. We have Honest Hove. Uh, yes, I played Radu. Denise Duff. Hello, this is Denise, and I played Michelle in Subspecies 2, 3, and 4, and Helena in the latest Blood Rise. And Kevin Spiritus. Hello, Kevin. It is Kevin Spiritus who played Mel Thompson in 2 and 3, and 
Prince Vladislas in part five. Now, this is a really exciting thing for for fans of the series, of which there are many, um, because you guys have uh, haven't done a subspecies film for <laughs> twenty five years. Kevin, in your case, thirty years. It's been a long time coming. When you guys think back on that original shoot in Romania in ninety three, uh, what are some of your fondest memories of that time? Why don't we start with you, Ted? I think the the greatest memory of that time is us as like a traveling troupe going from Transylvania to Hunadwara for the castle scenes to staying in this little lake resort that was just little cabins uh, and breakfast cereal for breakfast with powdered milk. It was like a very, uh, a time of limited resources, but it made the humanity of it and our friendship uh, really bonded very beautifully in, the, in making those films. They were difficult, but somehow we all kind of uh, pulled through for each other. Yeah, I, I got sick and almost died in Brasov. Yeah, that I remember. And Kevin almost wrecked the Mercedes. Uh, as a matter was, of fact, I was directed to <laughs> ran it into a tree. Was that in part Drove that it. also in part four? I'm assuming you you were meant to be the one driving that one. Yeah, <laughs> Denise, what what about you? What are some of your memories? Oh gosh, um, uh, getting to um, to to actually pet a large pig for the first time and finding out that they're not as smooth as you think they are. Um, be uh, milking my first cow. There's um, actually a clip of you milking the cow and Kevin mocking you on the video zone from back then. And you're, you're like really excited. And Kevin then imitates you going, ah, milking the cow. That, well, that you have to exists. know, Denise was, dri- we were driving across the countryside. And every time we see a herd of cows, she goes, look at the, those udders. They just need to be milked, milk them, milk them, milk them, milk them. <laughs> so there for was her a- birthday, I arranged for her to milk a cow. Yeah, he woke me up early and took me. He, you know, I had concierge service at, you know, this farmer's house. Um, but, you know, for a bunch of, <laughs> you know, city people, and I, I almost think almost anybody um, in, in America, if you live in New York or California, um, even if you live in the suburbs, it's a city compared to when we went to Romania and we just were smack in the face with just livestock and very simple living. And and I, I loved that part. I, I loved being able to walk out into sunflower seed fields um, going out to these outdoor markets where the people who would make our food were gathering it. So I, I took a lot of the being on set was great, but it was we had a lot of offset time because sometimes, you know, um, electricity didn't work and we would have days off. Um, just odd things that would happen during 1992 that we didn't expect and we took advantage of that. And what about you, Honest? What are some of your memories of shooting? Two and three. You know, there are so many. I don't know where to start. And well, what what I do remember, of course, is what I always talk about is when, yeah, well, say it. The hardship of it, the the drinking, the yelling, the shouting. I mean, in many ways, it it wasn't that much of a beautiful time at all. But I mean, but it was nice. <laughs> well, it was. It, well, believe me, guys, come on. It was it wasn't that funny to be in the, the middle of uh, I don't think so, but afterwards it became very nostalgic. Yeah, in a way, right? I mean, it, it that I didn't learn to to experience or to uh, 
uh, appreciate it until later. But um, I'm I'm happy we did it. And uh, as you guys said, I mean, a lot of good friendship came out of it. And, and you took that wonderful picture of us in uh, in uh, Belgrade, uh, Kevin, where the uh, 30 years in the making. And uh, I yeah. don't have it anymore. You have to send it to me again. But that, yeah, I will. That, that, that was... Uh, and that's what it was. I mean, and it's pretty remarkable. I think I that, think that's you know, it wouldn't have been thirty years in the making. So, but uh, I, 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 I remember it's true what Anna says. The 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 kind of difficulty of making the movie and the hardships of making the film kind of yielded like a very difficult situation most days, but. In in retrospect, you just look back on it and remember the cheap wine and getting drunk with your friends, like the moments of pleasure that uh, that kind of made it tolerable, you know. And it I, was I think actually simple we were pleasures there at a yeah. time which was a year after the fall of Ceausescu, and we were experiencing life in a. We had no cell phones, we had no internet, everything was by hand, everything was you know, um, man-made, so to speak. And we just kind of went with the flow. Uh, there, we also were given an incredible opportunity. Uh, Charlie had sent us a TV with a box load of VHSs and we would watch, we'd have movie nights, Yeah, you know, we just sort of gather around there and, um, bond and it was a lot of fun. Was it all full moon movies that he sent you? No, no. <laughs> there were, there were, but we, we, uh, I mean, we had classic movies, and then of course, Young you know, we, and Godfathers, Godfather, I think the man who would be king, and um, yeah, it was, it was extraordinary. So, you know, cut to all these years later, bringing the band back together to do this film, Subspecies Five: Blood Rise. How did the project initially sort of come together, and 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 how was the decision made to 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 bring the team back together and to revisit subspecies now after all these years? The script for the, for this, ver, this uh, subspecies number five blood rise uh, was written like in 1998 when just at the fall of full moon's kind of paramount era. And uh, it was a big disappointment to all of us that we weren't able to shoot it then. And over the years we kept talking about it, but we all kind of, uh, determined between ourselves that we wouldn't make it below a certain level. We wanted, we, it couldn't be like worse than the other, uh, uh, films of the series. So we held off and held off and held off until, uh, Charlie band and full moon was in a better position to actually, um, afford the movie that we'd make, you know, and once the budget was set that, and the script was kind of toned down a little bit and we knew we could make it everybody was like happy to to join in and and get back together again because it's a story we love to tell as the cast you know do you guys remember sort of getting a call from ted or or what was sort of the way you found out you were all going to be coming back to do it i i mean i've been wanting this day forever because i do do a i had done a fair amount of these conventions after part four and I was given the script by Ted. When did you initially write the script, Ted? Like 1998, I think. Like right, okay, yeah. you know, after number four. 
That's right. And I was on Young and Restless in 2000. So yeah. So anyway, I just was talking to a lot more fans and I'm like, wait till you guys see sub five. So from the year 2000 to the year 2020, so it was 22 years of me telling people, we've got this great film coming and wait till you see it. It goes back in time. Um, But when it officially was going to happen, which then got pushed because of COVID, um, I, uh, I unfortunately was with my mother and it was um, four days before she passed, but she was totally coherent. And I got the text from Ted and, um, uh, and I, I went and showed her and I'm like, look, the, um, my character's name is Helena. And that's what one of the, that's my daughter is named Paris Helena. And so I just was so excited that my mom got to be there to know that this series, which she, by the way, was so super proud of that her daughter was a famous vampire. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, I uh, will never forget that text from Ted that it was going to be going. And I think I just have to add in, we were doing a convention. Where, where did we all get that convention at? New Jersey. It was Jersey. And sure enough, um, uh, we were very popular. And um, Denise said, Kevin's got to be in part five. Kevin's got to be in the prequel. He's got to be in it. And um, Ted goes, how? <laughs> and Denise kept saying, oh, just make him a vampire. So um, I was very grateful to Denise and Ted for figuring it out. Yeah, that must have been kind of the thing, of course, because Mel Thompson. Dead. Dead. Yeah. And this is a prequel. And not vampire dead, car accident dead. Car accident dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you, Honest? How did how did you get sort of approached with the new with the new film? Well, pretty much the same way, but it, it. I think it was pushed more than once, wasn't it? I think it was yeah. two or three times or something like that. So, yeah. so at some point, I, I didn't really believe that it would happen. But uh, And when it finally did, I mean, I, I was sort of happy. But at, at that point, I hadn't done a lot of acting for a while and was sort of on my way out of it. I didn't know if I could pull it off anymore and, so, um, you know, so I had to be nursed the hell of a lot by, by Ted before I was ready to go. And <laughs> then I went and then I, you know, met Denise and went to the market every morning. <laughs> felt great to buy nuts and water. And so I survived on that for a while. <laughs> nuts and water. Blueberries. <laughs> Blueberries. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, no, I, I don't know. Um I was, you know, I was getting older and not that bold anymore, ready to go, ah, whatever. You know, so. But um, no, but it, I, I was happy we did it. I was and even more happy when when it was done. So <laughs> no, but in the sense that I think we pulled it off. And I think yeah, we, we pulled, pulled it, it off. off. Yeah, yeah. 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 reluctant. As reluctant as you were to like embrace Radu again, the minute you put the fangs on and started talking, it was like stunning. No yeah. Well, it's funny because <laughs> I, I like honest. I've seen the new film, and it was. Have it, you seen it? I have. He yeah. Saw it. I'm Jesus. in trouble, <laughs> mother. I've seen it. Yeah. I see it. I've seen it. Um, and 
it was so funny to see you slide back into Radu like no time had passed. So it does not, no one would think that you would even put it down for any lengthy period of time. It's just, it, it, Radu is such a character that um, as much as, you know, he's this vampiric alien creature, that just having gotten to know you a little bit, it's funny to find the little honest moments in Radu, but, but, but also he's so arch and it seems like you found that like again like no time had passed it, d- it didn't seem like it was a stretch for you at all would i have that in writing <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey you crazy cats um well, be kind that's of very me. sweet of you to say kevin that's what were we gonna sweet. say kev it is. i have to go no i do i'm sorry i must go uh it was a blast to be with all of you again in Belgrade. Um, Honest worked his fucking ass off. It was amazing to watch him jump into this. Denise and I had fun time, play time and creative time. And we got to explore the city. And, um, and I'm grateful to Ted that he gave me the opportunity to um, jump in with a, a new face and a new whole identity, which I have to say, um, we had talked about voice, we talked about fun and how, but as soon as that latex covered me it was sort of like ah. <laughs> yeah you created a great character for us kevin you really did. I, I had yeah. a blast and I'll, I'll do it again i'll do it again i love you all I, i'm sorry i have to go it's just timing here and yeah there's there there the one specific question that i'd really like for you to just sort of quickly weigh on in kev would be um you know very differently than honest in this film that honest gets to spend a fair amount of time not vamped out and in prosthetics and stuff you're in prosthetics the whole thing i want to know a bit about for you as an actor coming into a role where where it's not your face and you have to get a performance through that did you find it helped you to create a character or was it something you had to figure out how to work with in creating this character of prince vladislas i i think actually that question kind of goes hand in hand um i didn't know what to expect with the latex covering me. I, it was something I had never done before. It was a lot of fun. Um, the lines found themselves, the character kind of finds the, himself, you know, with the fingernails and the hands and the, but, um, it was just, uh, I don't know. I gotta say it was one of my favorite experiences of acting. I didn't have to worry about, uh, looking a certain way. It was the character gets presented. It's, it's, you know, presents itself. Um, is that my good side? Is that my, you know, um, uh, <laughs> there was uh, no good side. <laughs> hey, hey. Honor, by the way, honest couldn't be nodding his head in agreement more that I'm seeing right here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, you know, I, I have to say it was, it was just, um, three hours in a chair and then, you know, uh, the sweat, you know, sliding down in between the latex and your face was always fun to sort of like, wait, did my chin just move over or, you know, um, did I lose my nose? Um, it was, it was great. I, I, the character kind of evolved as I got to play him more. Um, but uh, I, I loved it. I really did. I loved it. Um, yeah, it's great. It was a great opportunity and a great experience. Latex and all. Would you come back for another one? And remember, oh, he played a monster, so he could, whether, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Ted has he, already started penning, you know, uh, prequel six, you know, um, and, um, and I think something happens at the end of the movie. We'll find out what happens. Mm. Excellent. Love you all. Cheers. I'll see you all in Cincinnati. Well, there it is. Thank you, Kev. We love you. Thank you so much.
so Ted, this is a question for you. I was curious. Um, when you wrote the film, was it always conceived of as being a prequel or was there ever any talk of continuing off where four left off? Did you always intend to come kind of come back around and show us how it all began? Uh, yeah, it started out as a prequel. Uh, I felt like we had kind of taken the story of Michelle about as far as it could go without it becoming, you know, monotonous and repetitive. So, so the, the idea of doing a, a prequel kind of really appealed to me and to try to explain what, how Radu became what, how, what he is, how he became obsessed with Michelle. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that was the whole intent from the beginning. Honest and Denise, when you guys received the script, what was sort of your initial response to, to, you know, the character you were going to play and honest in your case, you know, you're playing Radu, but this is the sort of a more human Radu. This isn't vamped out Radu. And for you, Denise, it's a completely different character. Yeah. Honest, you go first. I don't really know how to answer that, uh, except that uh, there's something about what Kevin's saying about the, that you're sort of protected by the by the makeup. Uh, it, that is uh, that's a very safe place to be. But as soon as you take off that mask, you have to. Yeah, well, I don't know anything about acting as such, but you have to act in different way. I mean, it's. it's um, but I saw I, I liked it a lot, also because. I, I liked acting with the uh, with those people down there. Uh, well, people you don't know uh, when you act with them, and you, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's more safe. It's more. It's a lot more easy because you don't know their weaknesses. They, they don't know mine, and uh, you can just sort of be as you are. And uh, and on top of that, I think the story is nice and it's sweet and it's. Have these human moments when, with um, you know, b- before uh, Denise turns into be that horrible woman she is, uh, you know, falling in love and uh, those sweet moments with her and, uh, and these sort of semi-erotic scenes, and you have those. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that beautiful scene with with uh, Peter when he. You know, when we meet and we realize everything is falling apart, and uh, uh, that I liked a lot. I, I really liked that, and it sort of makes it uh, the the destiny of Radu. Even uh, I mean, you sort of understand what the hell is going on, and it's not nice, so to speak. Yeah, whatever it's called in English. Well, he's he's very much a tragic figure, you know, yeah. and, and we come yeah. to really understand that. Yeah. In this, I think there was always a flavor of that in the film. Yeah, absolutely. But here we really get to see how that is the case. Yeah, yeah. I like it. All right. So uh, do you want me to repeat the question for you, Denise? Or sure. you, you were, you're good to go. Okay. So the question was basically, um, when you got the script, uh, what was sort of your initial reaction to, you know, you're you're playing a different gal this time. This is not, this is not Michelle's story anymore. This is Helena's story. It was, ah, I'm still in it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was, eh, it's a period piece. Um, there, there was just like initial reactions were so excited to go back in time and to play something in that historical era, which ironically though, when you, um, even though it was modern time for subspecies two, three, and four, it was flavored in all of that. The, the clothing that I wore was still of that era. Um, but 
so it made it so more, so much more exciting to know that we're actually going back to that real time where I am someone who doesn't know the modern uh, facilities of life. Like it literally was, I'm playing someone from the 15th century, 16th century. And, um, and I'm such a huge fan of somebody going back into their past and finding out like why they do something. And, and it can go way back. Like if, you know, if you buy into sort of like you've lived multiple lives um, and you carry on bits of that, that either baggage or gifts with you through however many lives, I love being able to play into that. Um, and it was, um, I got to have some of the humanity of Michelle and, um, and, and some of the evil of her, which the evil was so, so very um, brilliantly capped by Ted during two, three, and four. Like if I would want to go there, he would keep it, you know, don't, don't harsh on him. But um, I thought that was a great balance. And I got to have, you know, the character got to have more of that. And, and it's really just, it was a dream gig because you get to play, you know, the angel and the devil, um, you know, I got to kiss my brother <laughs> which was oddly wonderful. Um, and when I say brother, I mean honest, because that's what he is to me. And um, and I thought that was super exciting for fans because when I've done some of these conventions, one of the scenes that that comes up the most of, of any of the scenes, I mean, yeah, they love when I bite into someone and could you put your fans on and could I take a picture of you with fans? Could you bite my neck? The scene that they most are drawn to is the scene where we're up in the tower outside and the sun is starting to set and we have this this moment together. And um, and I've had, you know, fans from 12 years old to 70 years old recite the lines from that scene. And there was no nudity in it. There was no blood in it. Um, it was just this beautiful, poetic, heartfelt dialogue. And there's so much of that in Subspecies 5. And I just was uh, couldn't couldn't wait to be able to play this. So, yeah, I think people really, really are going to appreciate that because Ted did an amazing job bringing that those um, moments of humanity of Michelle and uh, Radu into a whole different mix of of, uh, craziness. So, Ted, I want to talk a bit about, you know, one of the hallmarks, I think, of the subspecies franchise is the beautiful locations. You know, the, these gothic castles that are, that are you know, authentically, they're, they're not sets. They're, they're, you know, they're real castles and the beautiful shots of these sleepy towns and, and things like that. Um, no, but this this film is a very much, a, it's a period piece, uh, whereas the other films were contemporary. So you could just kind of work with what was there. In this film, you had to kind of make everything feel like, you know, what, what's the exact time this is set? From the from the eighth century till the nineteenth century, late nineteenth century. Okay, so you know you have these amazing locations. I'm curious, sort of, what the location scout was like, and how you decided on where to shoot some of the scenes, and what some of your favorites were. Uh, you know, um, we were so lucky on the original subspecies films to be shooting in Romania, where the the cityscapes were filled with beauty and history, where the castles were amazing. Um, and when we realized we weren't going to be able to shoot in Romania for subspecies blood rise, we set out to find a place that that uh, had some medieval 
castles and and architecture that we could utilize for the film. And um, a guy named Seeger Dixon and Justin Martell, they have a company that specializes in kind of putting productions together with uh, European locations and production companies. And uh, they first brought me over to Albania to scout locations in Albania. And uh, Albania had some incredible castles, didn't quite have the kind of uh, neo-Gothic architecture of like the late 19th century that I was looking for. And COVID came along and kind of knocked out the ability to, to go there and shoot the film. So then we waited another three years and Justin and uh, Seeger came back and said, well, we think a better place would be Serbia. So uh, I went, uh, I started out with just looking at photographs and uh, in Serbia, the castles, all the, you know, spectacular castles, like you imagine them are kind of in ruins or are too touristic um, and uh, so we were a little bit limited on how to deal with the exterior castles. Um, but there was some great interiors right in the city of Belgrade, in the Belgrade Fortress, and uh, more in the city of Niche. Uh, so basically, I went over there having seen a bunch of photographs and said, I like this, I like this, I like this. And we need some spectacular mountainscapes and and some uh, horizon lines and and forests and so basically, we took a four or five day trip around the southern part of Serbia, primarily because they had a good production deal down in uh, around Niche and uh, Pirot. Uh, and look, for me, location scouting is like the easiest, most wonderful part of making a movie because there's no pressure on you uh, and you get to go to people's houses and go see spectacular locations in a way that you wouldn't be able to if you were just a tourist visiting the places. So we uh, went around and started um, kind of zeroing in on what the locations would be and kind of had to adjust uh, what I thought was going to be the big throne room of the of the castle of Vladislas uh, into kind of a subterranean throne room. Uh, so with some adjustments, uh, we were able to find some spectacular locations and with the help of our production designer, Ivan uh, 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 Chirovich, uh, transform them into something spectacular. The, the, the underground lair of Helena at the end of the movie was just a wrecked house. But with the addition of some great uh, set pieces, it became a really magical space. So, it was a great, uh, a great kind of discovery of the beauties of Serbia. Uh, one thing it's it's really fun to see in the new film as well is you know there's some wonderful new cast members that have joined sort of the core group here. Some of, I'm assuming they were local actors. Um, Ted, tell me a bit about casting some of the local actors, and for you, Denise, and honest after after Ted, tell me a bit about working with some of the new actors. Yeah, we had a great casting director named Anna Stefanovic in uh, in Serbia, in Belgrade, who called in a lot of actors. Our, our main concern was to try to find, A, really good actors, B, actors who's, who didn't struggle with English at all. And that's always a problem and a challenge when you're trying to shoot in a foreign country. Um, but we narrowed it down and found some really, really wonderful young actors there. Um, Stasha Nikolic, who plays uh, Ariel, who is uh, 
the sister of uh, Ash, who becomes Ash of the Vampire Journals in later years, uh, <clears throat> Marko Filipovich, who, who played <clears throat> Ash, uh, Yakov Marjanovic, who uh, plays uh, Helena's son, Stefan, who's also the brother to Radu, um, Olivera Perunicic, who's, uh, who plays a vampire huntress, um, and uh, Petar Arsic, who, is, uh, who plays the, the monk who is uh, Radu's companion, and uh, Yulia Grout, a Russian actress who is sort of living in, in Belgrade now, uh, who is a, an amazing artist and um, singer and dancer and like uh, all-around artist, to play uh, Cersei, Radu's mother, who became mummy in later And years. she totally channeled um, that performance so brilliantly. It feels oh, like the uh, same character. It really does. It's great. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, because Pamela Gordon created such a crazy good mummy character, uh, yeah. for subspecies two and three. Um, and uh, Yulia had big shoes to fill, but she was really up to it, you know. That, Kevin, you're the first person who has seen it, who's a fan, and me hearing that, and that that was just so great because Mummy's, you know, Pamela's performance, like how could anyone come close to that? And to hear you say that, that's just so Well, it's awesome. funny because Pamela's performance is super memorable and the character is super memorable, but there's so much about, she's a fun character too. She's grotesque and horrible, but it was always a fun character that, that had some laugh out loud moments in the original series. And I thought, you know, bring her back in this one. She looks different. She's younger, presumably. <laughs> um, uh <-huh. laughs> but, but it felt like the same character. Her voice was close enough. The mannerisms. I, I don't know how much this actress studied Pamela Gordon's performance, but she really does nail it. Yeah. She was a really, really good. And, and, you know, she was working with all that makeup too. And, and um, was not a comfortable character for her to play but but she really did it had she had sword play and spear play and and you know managed all of the all there's, of it there's a part ted this is a display i think i can safely say this where she's teaching radu honest to do that crazy chant they do where they're like all of that whole thing and just seeing that again <laughs> I, I was like, it warmed my heart and cracked me up. I was like, they're, they're back to the chant. That's good. I love the chant. Yeah. It's so great. I know that's honest. One of honest's favorite things to be able to do. What are you saying in those moments, honest? Oh yeah. Tell me what you're saying. What are you saying when you do the chant where you have the spear and you're going, oh, 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 oh. like I can't do it, but you know, that whole thing. And it actually means which. No, some fans know, but it, it means that my mother is out of her mind and my dad is dead, and it sort of fits into the story all right. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, and yeah. and on, on that, um, when we shot that one, because the original one, I was in it, right? With yeah, they're like grabbing they you that. while they're doing it, yeah. Yeah, and on, on that day, I, I, um, I was on the set, and I Ted allowed me, graced me the... Um, the ability to be able to create, help create light shadows. So the light shadows that were there was from my body moving in and out of the lights with my hands. I was very excited to, to tech on that. That's great. And Denise, what was your sort of experience with working with some of the local actors on this one? Oh, there, there, I was, um, first of all, amazed at how great their English was. And they're all actually from different places. And, um, 
super well-trained, super excited to be part of this production. And, and for many of them, it was one of their, you know, for a couple, it was sort of their first film, which was surprising. You know, I, I it's been a long time since I've worked with such young, new actors. And there was something, you know, of course, it's a little humbling, like, oh, my God, I'm old. Um, but more than that, what overshadows that is just the enthusiasm and the interest to learn and and to, to um, just a testament to such a great script and a great production that they were able to just fall right into these characters effortlessly and beautifully, obviously with all the right direction. But the casting was so brilliant. Yaakov, who plays my son, Stefan, um, oh my gosh, like just to, in between, you know, takes the conversations with that young man. I mean, he's what, 10, 11, 11, Ted? Um, but you, he has the the depth and the soul and the knowledge of, of a 30-year-old. Like he's so in tune with world affairs. You know, the, the scene where you very first see us when we're in this dungeon area of torture chambers, we had to sit there for, you know, maybe an hour or 40 minutes before we filmed anything. And we just talked about all the torture devices and, and the hearts of what that, what that must have been like to actually like live. Like, what would we be eating if we were here? Where would we pee? You know, how, this is the how, kind of conversation that's had on a subspecies set. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, could we eat the hay that we're sitting in? You know, what would be the best way to make a pillow? Because we were really living in this, this chamber and, and it, he just went right in there with me. He just talked so uh, deeply about the character and what it would be like to be living and trapped in a castle in the, you know, the 1500s. So loved him, uh, Staja. I didn't, I didn't get to work with her a bunch, but um, actually on my very first day, super strong, super gorgeous. Um, you know, we and and the the lovely thing about uh, all of these cast members is they all live so um, openly online, and I and we didn't have that with the earlier subspecies cast. Like it wasn't until a decade later where I was able to reconnect with um, Jan Hajduk, you know, the Mitete everyday guy. But now I I feel like I'm still you know, chatting with Mark, Marco and Yulia and, and Pitar because I, I watch what they share on social media with their lives. So again, it just keeps expanding the subspecies family. And Honest, what was your experience with the new cast members? No, but it's pretty much the same. I mean, it was very easy and, uh, yeah, and they were happy to, I mean, I think what's, I don't know, Ted might have a different look at this, but all in all, we had a little shouting from time to time, but beyond that, it was some uh, some easy days, I would say. And uh, it was nice and inspiring to work with those uh, uh, actors. And as Denise said, their English was better than mine. Not that it takes a hell of a lot, but, but still. Uh, so, um, no, and that little Jakob guy, I mean, he... I think he blew us away, and and actually he came up here to Denmark on his birthday to go to Tivoli. So Jakob and I and uh, his family and Anne and I, my wife, we we spent a day with him in Copenhagen, walking around to the opera, to the theater, to 
Isn't that wild? I mean, here are two people who would never know each other. And it was literally, I think it was like two weeks after we wrapped that the young Yaakov at 12 years old goes to spend time with Honest. And how ironic that I believe it was it was Yaakov's character, Stefan, in part one, who got uh the Radu character cast that got on Anders cast, right? Wasn't it the actor from the soap opera? Yeah. Who yeah. told Ted. Yeah. Michael um, Watson. Yeah. 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 Michael Watson, who played um, Stefan was the one who um, said, Hey, take a look at this guy from my soap opera. He may make a great Radu. Anyway, I'm going to find the poetic tie in wherever I can. I just thought that's excellent. I mean, and it's really fun to see in this movie, the role reversals going on because in the original series, Michelle is sort of this tormented, stalked woman, you know, but she's the heroine and, and Radu is the antagonist and he's villainous and creeping and skulking and having bloodbaths. And but here the it's a role reversal where, where you know, for Denise, you're playing kind of the apex predator. And Honest is this version of Radu is sort of the victim, is sort of the the haunted one. You know, was, was it fun for you guys to sort of switch up kind of the dynamic there? And did you guys spend some time talking with Ted and all of you as to how all that would be changed? Uh, I sort of imagined this movie as a story of Radu searching for a family. And the family that he comes from is so in, irredeemably fucked up that he doesn't really know how to behave. Um, and I wanted, uh, I, I did like the idea that the women that he, that he uh, ruins in the course of the movie uh, come back around and, and kind of uh, try to ruin him in the end. And <laughs> without spoiling any surprises of the film, I think we succeeded in that. And, and it was good for Denise because she got to play kind of both ends of the spectrum. And uh, for the first time, I mean, in the subspecies two and three, she became a pretty kick-ass vampirist also, but here she's even more so. And Radu goes from being noble to being completely depraved. And I think Honest captured the depravity of Radu uh, in this film almost better than ever before in a way, you know? Um, so, for, so it was really satisfying for me, the, the, the kind of role reversal and the, and, and I like the idea that, that uh, women aren't the victims always in, in these movies, but uh, can actually um, be the victimizers. Yeah. <laughs> Denise, what was it like for you sort of switching up, you know, going from Michelle, who, though she had her kick-ass moment, she was sort of being stalked. And here, you're much more of the stalker. Oh, I mean, you know, I it, I will say it was, there is a scene where I um, I kind of tell off where I do. And it was very hard for me. Um, I, the, the, um, uh, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, I read it and I'm like, oh, wow. And then... I don't know, maybe maybe a year went by. Before, and this is like, again, this is in like 2002 when the script was, was, I don't even know if that scene was written, but I just remember the first time I said it out loud in the comfort of my own home, just reading it out loud. I might've been reading it to my husband. It, I started to sob because I, I felt there was a little too much. I'm telling Honest Hove off and I'm telling him certain, and and like insulting. Yeah, it's a rough my, scene. My, I know the my, one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, poor Radu. Yeah. 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 Oh. 
Like, I'm not, Denise is not that girl. Denise would be like, hey, hey, honest, let's have a talk here. You kind of hurt me. And, you know, there's some, like, my favorite thing about that too is, is you're just going at him and honest as Radu is like, oh, he's so offended. It's so great to see Radu so like, how could you say these horrible things? Because it's, we've never seen that from Radu in that way. It's yeah. yeah. Oh, his he feelings are so hurt and he keeps <laughs> hoping that she's going to say something nice and it gets worse yeah. and it gets worse. It's like, it's a wonderful scene. What I'm getting out of this now is that, okay, that didn't get cut because remember for all you listeners out there, I, nor Kevin, nor honest have seen the film yet. We have not seen the finished product. So, um, Okay, that scene uh, stayed oh, in the there. film, which is great, <laughs> and it was. But it was initially very difficult for me, and I will say, um, <laughs> getting into the hair, the makeup, I did put some gray colored contacts in to just kind of deaden her out a bit. Um, that all helped, you know, the corset, the clue, the um, to just uh, have a little more venom in in her soul for someone who. Just, I have so much admiration for Honest as an actor and and for the characters. So to be able to tell him off like that, it it was not easy for me. So Honest, what was it like for you going from you know being usually the Radu is the you know the the the, the big bad and and here you know you, in in quite a few scenes you're a victim or someone who's struggling to 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 stay afloat you know in, amongst all these crazy characters. What was that shift like in playing Radu for you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I sort of liked it, I guess. It, it, it's nice to be victimized from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> Ted knows that, you know. <laughs> so, so I, in those scenes I played, I was Ted. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, but uh, I like. Uh, I, I don't know nothing about vampires, so to speak, and it's not to be more jaded than I have to be. But um, uh, I like those human moments or whatever you want to call it. I mean, uh, it gives another uh, flavor to it, which which I like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same when it, the scene with Denise where I'm trying to seduce her and it doesn't work out and without giving anything away. But, I mean, it's... Um, those scenes turn uh, 180 degree with it within a second, and I, I like that. I mean, it's, um, it's not straightforward, as nothing is. We were going for a much more emotional kind of uh, storytelling in, in this film, and I think, uh, I think we kind of achieved that. Yeah, I, uh, definitely. And, you know, it's fun to see in, in the film, you know, sort of recapturing in some ways some of the things that are hallmarks of the subspecies series, particularly some of the great one-liners, you know, things like let there be a bloodbath or you will suffer dearly for this. Some of those great lines. One of my favorites in this one is, uh, and, and I've been saying it to my husband ever since we watched the movie, is it has been five centuries since you defiled me. I'm like, that is the funniest. I love that line. Play totally straight. So funny. So I'm curious for all of you guys what some of your favorite subspecies one-liners are, you know, either in the new one or, or throughout the entire series. Oh, God. Yeah, but to, to be honest, I, I don't know. 
I don't know, Kevin, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> I remember in in number two, I think it was, when we did Fletchling. Yeah. I think it was uh, the Fletchling line. I don't even remember it. But the reason I remember the Fletchling thing is that it took me half a day to to learn to pronounce it, you know. So, <laughs> sort of. And, and for that... For that same reason, my line is the sun draws nigh. Yeah. And that's yeah. from part three. And we were rehearsing it. It was outdoors. It was a late night shoot as they were when we were outside because, you know, we're vampires. <clears throat> and we walk, we hit our mark. And then Honest says, he turns, he says, the sun draws nigh. And then he looks at me, he goes, what the hell does that mean? What <laughs> <laughs> could have been what the fuck does nigh mean? But I mean, what was wasn't that the the sort of the emotional scene? Yeah, yes. Well, the nigh. Well, that, there was it was yet again because that one we were outside and it was where you. Then I said, "Teach me to fly as you do," and I I moved from one place to the other. Yeah, remember yeah, how yeah. I how I it was the teach me to fly as you do and the sun. Um, yeah, but yeah, the sun draws nigh. Like I will use that in my daily <laughs> life with my husband. <laughs> What time is dinner going to be ready, hubby? The sun draws nigh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fledgling I use in my texts to friends like, oh, my For me, I home. loved uh, in Subspecies 3 when Honest, after he's killed uh, Mummy, cut off her head and thrown it in the fire, and he sits down in the chair, and he, and he says to, to uh, Michelle, uh, I've killed my father my brother and my mother, my whole family for you. And it's like, what the fuck? You didn't do it for her. <laughs> you did it because you want the bloodstone. But, and honest on that day said to me, you know, because in my imagination, it was going to be the kind of raging Radu kind of dialogue. And he said, what if I am just completely exhausted and, and empty now and if i say it like that and he did it like that and it was like oh man yeah that really works that was one of the moments where uh you realize what an actor can bring to to writing that that uh changes your own perception of a character in a moment i think you know to me what really and i've, I've talked to you all about this individual and we all spoke but one of the to me the, the great subspecies moments is I think it's in two, but might be three, uh, where where Denise and Honest, Michelle and Radu are standing out on the balcony at the castle, and it's it the sun's kind of I think about to come up. That's the scene. Yeah, that's such a beautiful scene where 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 she says, "I just want to stay out a little longer," and and he says, "Okay, we can stay until it starts to be painful." And it's this beautifully achingly romantic scene, and I think it sort of ties together the theme that is resonant again here in this film that ultimately these films are a love story. They're a romance, they're a tragic one and a sad one and a scary one, but they are, it's about a romance really between these two people. And, and, and it's tied all together in this film. So I'm curious for you guys, do you think that dark romance is why these movies have had the staying and lasting power that they have ultimately and what separates them from just being kind of another vampire yarn? I have to say yes to that because... I, you know, my friends uh, who may not have been vampire fans started to like these because it was a love story that starred one of their friends in it. Right. We can all relate to a love story. We can't all relate to what it's like to to have the need to suck blood 
you know, or to live in a gothic, dark underworld. But we can all relate to wanting to be loved, wanting to to be a part of someone, wanting to have family um, and and being, um, you know, ousted or being controlled, thinking that that it's the right love and you're just being manipulated. All those are very relatable concepts. Blanketed in blood. I think, uh, yeah, uh, the romance definitely uh, works in our favor. Uh, I think also the fact that uh, Anas and Denise both created like indelible characters that that you kind of enjoy watching the their downfall uh, and their rise. And and Anas created Radu, which is just like for me one of the great vampires. Denise created a character that goes from human and mortal and sympathetic to you know, completely descending into uh, depravity of a vampire in the course of several movies. And I think the audience, I don't think there's ever been maybe a movie that kind of chronicles the, the gradual disintegration of somebody's mortality, like, uh, like Denise brought it to life in the subspecies films. My and- turn to cry now, Anders, my turn to cry. <laughs> well, and, uh, my time. so so i mean i'm so grateful that whatever kind of alchemy occurred in these movies that that made them appeal to people 30 years after they were made you know sort of uh was really a really magical experience you know from all the difficulties of subspecies one through the kind of blossoming of romania and our ability to be there through subspecies two and three and four and now finding, you know, another way to continue the saga. You know, it's like, a, I hope we can do more. So if there are further adventures, whether it's for Helena or or, or for Radu or whatever, Denise, will, will, will we, can we count on seeing you back again in the world of subspecies? You're asking me, a lowly cast member. Oh, second on the cast list, though, mind you. So there's some essential, clout, but, uh, <laughs> essential. I, I think they all know that I'm a big team player. I love this family. I will play any character at any time to be always a part of this. Well, yeah, Denise, uh, I don't see subspecies without Denise. You know, I mean, we've we've uh, we've written ourselves into a corner with this film. Uh, but, uh, uh, there's always a way out. <laughs> yes, there is, especially in subspecies. <laughs> people ask for it and Charlie Bann can deliver, we will appear. Awesome. Thank you, Denise. It's so great to have you. Thank you guys. Okay. Honest big kiss. Mwah. So, uh, we've only got a couple questions left here, but I wanted to sort of read some of this off to you guys because I think this is great fun. I was going through and kind of combing through the comments on the trailer on the various social media platforms, and I wanted to share with you guys what some of the fans are saying about Subspecies 5 based on the trailer. Have they already, have they seen it? No, just the trailer. Okay, so here's some of the comments. It's, not gonna lie, goosebumps hearing that theme again. I can't wait. It's finally happening. What took so damn long? (laughs) (laughs) Finally, a proper vampire movie. At last. Yes, I've been waiting for this. I'm literally crying right now. Honest Hove, Denise Duff, the whole team returning to give us the gift that is so needed in today's world. Just wow. Uh, Just what the world needs. Yeah, that's right. A bloodbath. Um, 
And this one was one of my favorites because this to me spoke to to the subspecies fans protective quality about the about the series. Some internet troll wrote, "Ugh, this looks terrible about the trailer." And the subspecies fan wrote, "Not as terrible as your profile pic." <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was amazing. <laughs> and that person did not comment again after that. Um, what do you, th- you know, the subspecies fans, I think, and there are many, uh, they seem to really, you know, they followed this series now for, for four films going to five spanning all these years. What are some of your favorite encounters you've had with subspecies fans guys? Would have to be one of them are the people that have Radu tattooed on their arms or legs. I mean, that's like, that's a commitment of a fan. I mean, maybe eventually they can obliterate it and put on somebody else that they love, but uh, that shows kind of no. But no, I think it's. Uh, I, I I must admit I had to get used to it uh, over the the convention. I mean that sort of devotion, that sort of uh, never ending love, or whatever you may call it, and. Uh, but I'm also sort of uh, grateful uh, and there's a sort of a gratitude or whatever it's called in your fucked up language. But uh, uh, no, but it's, uh, no, I'm grateful. And it's fun to, to, to meet them. I have a guy called Jeremy uh, uh, who I've known since the first, uh, and he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, Two wonderful girls and beautiful wife, and living this uh, rock and roll life. Uh, but uh, he's just there, and I mean, I get a email from him frequently, and we exchange music, and and a lot of good things have come out of it. And you know, you just meet people, and they meet us, and uh, how are you? And have a drink, and uh, see you soon. And uh, it's very beautiful, and it, it's it, it's not complicated at all. And, and that I like about it. Uh, it's, um, you know, like running into people in the street, say, how are you? Uh, I, I think it's Yeah, it's fun to, see, to meet people that appreciate the films and meet them at conventions and, and be able to talk, you know, and, and kind of share experiences with them. What I think what's really interesting to note too, Ted, is, and, and is unique, is in the kind of under the full moon label that Charles Band makes his films under, you know, um, full moon has, you know, these, a lot of great franchises that puppet master and transfers and all these other things that full moon fans love, but you're the only filmmaker under the full moon banner who has seen a franchise through from the very first film to, to where we are now five films. No other director has stayed with the series and been that holistic vision from the get go. And honest, same for you. You're You're the only actor to appear in every subspecies film. So for you guys, this has been with you for a huge part of your careers. You know, is that must be something. Do you, do you have a, a sentimental aspect to that? Do you think of that, you know, and think, wow, this is crazy. This these characters and this story, these stories have been with me now for all this time. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's it's, you know, Charlie Mann and I have a long term friendship and, and relationship. Uh, he knows that I can I'll put everything I can possibly put into every movie that I work on. And the subspecies is so uh, emotionally unique for me, and I'm, I think for Anas and Denise that that we that we have suffered dearly for it uh, from the very beginning. Uh, 
we suffered to make the first one and we endured through a whole lot of hardship and and didn't let go of the vision of the movie and in from that were formed these friendships that are just like we love working together uh we enjoy each other's company uh and it's just been a you know it, a i'm really happy to have some movies that have lasted that stood the test of time and even more so, I'm really happy to have some a set of actors that I love and love to work with and and enjoy their humanity. How about you, Honest? What is what has the subspecies franchise been to you throughout your life, just personally? First of all, it's been Ted. You know, uh, not that I I don't want a bit all the time, but I, I, you know, I gotta be honest in a way that. That, you know, it's a rotten business in many ways. I mean, I'm fucking 70 years old now, and I know what I'm talking about to degree, to a degree at least. And there's a lot of deceit and fuck you and uh, it's backstabbing shit. I mean, and this has been very um, easy. And as Ted said, well, there's a lot of um, good things coming out of it in terms of friendship and in terms of... Uh, that we can count on uh, one another. And though these, uh, the work situations have been horrifying from time to time, and the day has always ended up with a thank you very much, good night, and see you tomorrow. And, uh, and that is, uh, that's very important. Uh, it really is important. And uh, I have two things in my career which I love, uh, uh, and that's subspecies and general hospital. I've always been treated. Um, with uh, respect, though I've been a horrible person from time to time to work with, but but it has been, but it's sort of been, uh, I mean, Ted knew where I was coming from when I would explode, and then it's all over, and it's not life-threatening or whatever. It's mostly pathetic, and then we go back to work. And it's very, uh, uh, it's. I mean, it makes the whole, the whole atmosphere, the whole work situation, so much easier when you can be yourself for a second and you just let go and then back to work instead of you have to pile a lot of shit up inside which you don't know what to do with. And, and, and in that sense, and then I'll stop, but I mean the tenacity that Ted has shown uh, over the years in order to get this going, I have nothing but... Uh, uh, enormous respect for that. And uh, uh, I mean, and if it hadn't been for Ted, it wouldn't have been. I mean, it's, it's not been, you know, on the front burner, whatever it's called, for, uh, as far as Charlie Band's concerned. I like Charlie. I mean, it's fine and whatever. But I mean, Char uh, Charlie is not the one who's, uh, who's made these movies. You know, that's Ted. And based on an original idea by Charlie Band. I mean, I could say some very bad words now. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going uh, it, to, it's been beautiful. And, and it, uh, I mean, it became destiny in a way, you know, we met, what, 34, 35 years ago or whatever, we, whenever we made the first one. And all of a sudden we're sitting here at 70 years old and, uh, and uh, it's been fine. It's been a good, fun ride, and there's been a lot of laughter, too. 
I know you both told me in your in your separate interviews that on the first film you had some uh, some headbutting. It sounds like on this one that was more that era is kind of behind you. Did you guys find that that just you know with time and, and familiarity that by this point you could sync up easier than looking back on that very first subspecies film? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, we we, we had our headbutting on this one too, but I mean that would be. The, the funny thing about it this time would be that the crew would just look at us <laughs> and laugh, you know, and then we realize, okay, maybe we should go on. Yeah. So, but the, the first time you hear Anna scream on a set, your heart stops and you just go, what the hell? What did I do? And then the second time you hear him scream, you're still like, whoa, don't scream at me. The third time he screams, you scream back at him, and he looks at you like, "What are you yelling at me for?" <laughs> and and by that time, the crew just thought it was the funniest thing they had ever seen to see two people who love each other just so much like blow up every once yeah. in a while, you know. And it's like, okay, and I I don't like screaming on the set, and I like to create an atmosphere where everybody's comfortable and happy to to come to work. Uh, and Honest is the same way. And he's like the most generous actor you could ever imagine with his castmates and with the crew and everything. But there are moments that he gets frustrated and, and uh, you know, it blows over really fast. And like he says, by the time we get home, except the night of the, of the final, the last night of the shoot, when I wanted Honest to do something and he didn't think it was right for the movie. And he and he kind of did it anyway, and he was kind of grumpy about it. We went home. The cast, uh, the whole crew was having a rap party, and uh, we came. We went up to our rooms to kind of wash our hands and faces. Came back down and started drinking, and Honest didn't show up. And I was like, "Oh fuck! Did I piss him <laughs> off that much that he's like not going to come down?" So I was calling his room, texting his room, didn't come down. So all night I was like, oh man, I really fucked up and really pissed him off. But really, he had just fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's passed out, yeah. That was so sad that he missed the rap party, you know. Did you did you guys find, you know, you look you look back, you know, the first films 30 years ago in Romania and stuff, but you know, you guys are older guys now. We're all older now. You're shooting in Serbia, a lot of location moves. Was was it did you find it more tiring than it once was? Was it, or did you get reinvigorated and feel like you could still push through the long hours and all the makeups and all that? Like, how, what was that sort of aspect like for you? For me, uh, the act of shooting just kind of fills you with energy. And yeah, you get tired, but the minute you show up on the set and you start saying hello to the crew and everybody's working to toward the same goal, which is to start shooting and then to you know get through the scenes. Uh, it's really energizing and like the most amazing kind of sort of fun that you can have playing with a large group of people to create images that create emotions in an audience. And for me, that's, I hope I never lose that excitement about every day. It's terrifying because you go in having a lot to shoot in a day and you don't know how you're going to do it. But with the help of the director of photography, which in this case, uh, was uh, Vladimir Ilic, who's a Serbian, incredible Serbian cinematographer, 
who brought these images to life. And then the minute you kind of put the words onto the actors and, and if you have really good actors who can, who can kind of help uh, with the, how to block a scene and how to make it so that uh, you can actually shoot it in fewer takes than you thought, you know, it, it everybody works toward the same goal and, and it keeps everybody energized by the end. You're, freaking tired and here we were more cold than tired uh, in the mountains what about you honest no but it, that it, it's um no i love it i mean and the the, the thing is as, as soon as it's done and you're back home and you've sort of been to uh, everyday life again you miss it you know and and that's the way it should be anyway so i mean so we're gonna do number six i think it's in september well, maybe that's that's a new that's uh, no Charlie Band doesn't know, but that's the funny thing about it. Charlie Band, you don't know, but that's what we're going to have dinner with him uh, in Cincinnati, so so you can chew his ear off. I'm going to set you right next to him at the table. <laughs> <laughs> so there are so there are plans for further subspecies adventures. There's uh, there's plans in our heads. Let's say. Uh, we could we could easily pull ourselves together to do it. It's a matter of uh, is this one going to be profitable enough for uh, to make him realize that uh, that there is a a demand for it. And you know what was funny is in Serbia uh, we needed some additional makeup effects people, so uh, we called on uh, Miroslav Lakobria, Lakobria, the great Serbian uh, makeup effects artist of the Serbian movie. Um, and he w- was happy to come aboard and because he was a fan of subspecies from when he was a kid, you know? So uh, we realized that there are fans all over the world, or, you know, I hate to call them fans, but people who appreciate the movies all over the world, you know? So let's hope that there is an audience vast enough that, that there is money to be made enough that we could afford to do another film. And honest, would you would you be up for returning as Radu yet again? Yeah, absolutely. As long as I have Ted on my side, it's um, I, I, absolutely. And one last thing I wanted to ask was, how many days did you have to shoot the new film? Uh, not days yeah, not enough. Days enough. Uh, it started out 18, but when the budget ballooned a little bit higher than we wanted it to, we gave up one day, so it was 17 days. Um, and it was it was not enough because we could have spent more time with some of the action scenes and the sword fights and things like that. And uh, but it was enough to to get the movie made and in post production kind of hide all the any of the flaws that might have been uh, there from the shooting. And so I think between the days of production and the time in post production where you kind of sort out everything i think the film turned out pretty well well i as a fan of the series and it's been with me since i was a kid i love the new film i think it honors the spirit of the originals i think it's new and feels fresh and unique in its own thing i think you can watch it without having seen all the other films because it's a prequel and it does kind of establish the ground rules in a way that allows it to stand on its own but i think it's going to be really exciting for the fans to just get back into the world of radu and and 
and Ted, your vision of what these, you know, who these characters are in the world they inhabit. And it all feels big and epic and sweeping and, you know, full moon movies, um, you know, they're, they're, they're fiercely independent little movies and they, they have tight shooting schedules and tight budgets. But I think this is the biggest looking full moon movie in a long time. And um, I, I'm sure you guys are incredibly, I'm really excited to see the fans response to this film because I think they're going to adore it. I'm hoping to see it with an audience in Cincinnati and, you know, that'll be one of the first times we've ever seen a subspecies film with an audience, you know? Uh, So uh, we appreciate your, you having seen it because uh, very few people have seen it. I have not given it out to anybody yet. I feel deeply honored to have gotten to see it so soon. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Okay. So honest, I'm going to send you guys a link today to the movie. You, uh, you can watch it if you want to, or don't watch it if you want to wait and see it with a with an audience. No, but, but I mean, I, I don't think I dared watching it with an audience. Uh, I never watch my own movies. I mean, I, I never really do. I mean, it's going to be so fucking scary. I'm going to bring that up now. You'll. You'll watch they're going to cheer gonna and it. yell. And as soon as you show up on screen on us, they're going to go. Yeah. Like it's going to be invigorating. You're going to love it. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Thank you, Kevin. That's an honest man. My husband and I were sitting there and the minute the logo came out, the music started, we cheered then Then Ted's credit, we cheered then. And then as soon as honest appeared, it was like, it's a subspecies movie. Like it's just, it's, it's exciting. It's been so long. It's great to see everybody back. We'll sit by the exit on us so we can leave if we have yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, you know, Jeremy is going to be there. And what can I say? Tell me a bit about this event, Ted. It's, it's in Cincinnati. What, 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 what's happening there? Cincinnati, the Horror Hound Weekend, which is a big um, horror convention and film festival, Horror Hound Film Festival. And um, somehow our, uh, the guy who manages our personal appearances, Dominic Mancini, uh, kind of put it together with Charles Band uh, to premiere the film there. Uh, so it's going to be very cool. We've got Anas and Denise and Kevin will be there. Uh, Stasha uh, Nikolic, who plays Ariel and who's a wonderful, wonderful actress, uh, decided she wanted to come out and see it too. So she'll be joining us. So it's going to be a very... It'll be a really nice family get together. Yeah. And any idea yeah. when the film is going to be widely available? Uh, in uh, May, it's going to play kind of a one day stand at uh, Alamo draft houses around the country. And after that, it'll be, you know, streaming on the full moon's website on Amazon prime and eventually Tubi, I'm sure. And I think we all need to put pressure on Charlie band to release this in 4k. Cause it's so gorgeous. Like, yeah, it, it is really beautiful. Um, uh, like I said, um, um, uh, Vlad, the DP did an amazing job, you know? Um, so yeah. And you shot the film in 4k, it, right? Yeah, we shot it in 4k two, three, five aspect ratio. Uh, so it's kind of got the widescreen, yeah. uh, epic look going for it. That's great. Well, thank you so much, guys, for taking some time to sit down with me and talk about the new film. I'm, you know, I, 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 congratulations. It's a sweeping, wonderful success. Great film. I'm really excited for you guys to to get to see it with fans in, at Cincinnati. And, uh, and hopefully we get to do this again on Subspecies 6. Cool. Thanks so much, Kevin, for the opportunity, man. It's fun talking to you. 
You've been listening to Kevin Lane Spill Your Guts with host and filmmaker Kevin Lane. Kevin Lane Spill Your Guts was created by Kevin Lane, produced by Jason Hill, and edited by Felipe Ojeda. The Spill Your Guts theme and incidental music was created by composer Mike Haddon. Original artwork and design elements generously provided by Matthew Terrian. Spill Your Guts is only made possible by the support of listeners like you. And the most important thing you can do to ensure that these amazing interviews keep coming is to simply get the word out. You can find us on Facebook by searching Kevin Lane Spill Your Guts, Instagram at, all one word, Spill Your Guts underscore podcast, and Twitter at Spill Your Guts underscore one, as in the number one. Be sure to post, comment, share, and like, but don't forget good old-fashioned word of mouth still goes a long way. And the best way you can support what we do is to just tell people about us. Friends, family, co-workers, whomever. Anyone with a pair of ears and a taste for guts. This has been Kevin Lane's Spill Your Guts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>